I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. I'm pretty sure you've seen one of the very popular internet memes going around over the last, say, oh, I don't know, decade that says, will you be my mentor? (laughs) So this week we're talking about mentorship and why it's important. Why do you need a mentor? First, let me tell you a couple of stories of my own experience with mentorship. The first that I can vividly recall was when I was a faculty member. I was a very junior faculty member coming right out of my PhD program, and I had been given a faculty mentor. Now, I had not been told how to use this mentor, when to use this mentor, what to ask of this mentor, anything like that. And in fact, the relationship was rather odd. As a new faculty member, I had all new preparation for my classes, and so every single lecture, every single time I was going to the classroom, I was finishing up my lecture notes, getting ready to teach the class. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly when my mentor would stop by. (laughs) Now, he was somebody very senior to me in the organization, so it was challenging, to say the least, to just simply ask him to leave because I was busy doing something else. And I really did want to learn from him. But the timing was very much off, and I really wasn't sure what I should ask him. Now, you may have heard that you should be able to ask mentors dumb questions. Well, when the mentor is a colleague of yours, now he certainly wasn't somebody that I directly reported to, he wasn't my boss, but he was a colleague of mine who had an important say in things like me making tenure and a variety of other mm, back office politics, if you will. So maybe I didn't want to ask him the dumb questions. I wasn't given a lot of clear direction on how to make use of this mentor. And so, in fact, I didn't make good use of this mentor. Now, I will say, at the time I was choosing to leave college teaching, university-level teaching, and go to a corporate job, he did give me some very good advice about that transition, which I am forever grateful for. But I would have to say that most of the rest of our mentor relationship was wasted because there wasn't clear definition about what the relationship should look like, the intervals at which we should meet, who should be leading the relationship. It just wasn't there. Now, I got really clear on what a mentorship relationship could be when I opted into a mentorship program when I moved into that corporate role that I just mentioned. It was an basically an open enrollment system and There was a wonderful piece of software that asked you a number of questions about what you were hoping to get out of a mentor relationship and what functional area you wanted to mentor with somebody in and 
a variety of other preferences as well. And then the software did a little bit of matchmaking and gave you a few suggestions of people who were already entered into the system, agreeing to be mentors who fit your criteria. And then from there, it was up to you to read their mentor profiles and then reach out to them to set up an introductory meeting and see if it was a fit. The other thing that the program did is it furnished both the mentor as well as the mentee or the person being mentored, myself in this case, with a handbook. And the handbook that I was given explained that I, as the person being mentored, should lead the relationship. I'll talk more about that as we get into the nuts and bolts of what mentorship could look like for you and how you might go about setting up a mentor relationship. But it made it very clear to both the person being mentored as well as the mentor who was in charge of setting up meetings, who was in charge of setting the agenda, and a whole variety of things. In short, it was the person being mentored who was doing all those things. And of course, that made it much easier for the person who was doing the mentoring. When I signed on to that program, I was looking for a mentor in finance because As a person who's studied words most of her life rather than numbers, I didn't know a lot about corporate finance. I knew a bit about startup finance because I had worked in a startup company before graduate school, but I, in all earnestness, did not know how to read a profit and loss statement or a balance sheet or any of the primary corporate finance documents. So I wanted to learn not only how to read those documents, but where those numbers came from and why it mattered. So when I filled out the mentor application process and got paired with, and again, the system served up a few different matches for me, I ended up connecting with somebody named Karen, who was a, at the time, a director of finance. She's still with the same company and she's now a vice president of finance. And I learned so much from her. It was just a wonderful relationship. We sat down about once a month and I came with dozens of questions about corporate finance and she just got to sit there and be smart and answer all my questions. And I'm sure plenty of those questions were dumb questions, but because Karen was not in my functional area, it felt much safer to ask dumb questions because there wasn't a direct line of reporting and there wasn't even overlap in terms of our functional areas of responsibility. And Karen was not my finance liaison in the organization. She just happened to be somebody in finance who was at a level of her role where she was interested in giving back through mentorship. Again, it was a wonderful relationship, which I am so grateful for. So why? Why do you need a mentor? Why should people have a mentor? Well, first off, let me clarify some confusion that there sometimes is around mentorship. Sometimes people confuse mentorship with sponsorship or with coaching or with even having a therapist. So let's talk about each of these in turn so we can get some clarity on what each of them is and then we'll dive again into mentorship a bit more. So a mentor is somebody who is either in your industry but doesn't work for the same company or doesn't work in the same functional area of you in that company or is somebody in a completely different functional area in your organization that you, again, could have that safe and trusting relationship with, much like I did with Karen, because I could ask the dumb questions. Likewise, if the person is, say, senior to you and outside of your organization, maybe works for a different type of company in a different industry, but in the same job category, 
you might be, again, more free to ask the dumb questions of them because it's not going to impact your career path in the same way that if you were asking your boss or your boss's boss some really dumb questions, it might have an impact on what they perceive you. So a mentor is typically somebody, again, in your same functional area who is senior to you in the organization or somebody who is in a different functional area that you want to learn something about, much like I did with Karen. On the other hand, a sponsorship relationship is when there is somebody who is senior in the organization, who is the sponsor, who is in a relationship with somebody who is more junior in their career at that same organization, who is going to make strategic introductions for them, talk to them about their career path, perhaps even open some doors career path relatedly so that that person who is being sponsored gets the opportunity to get greater visibility in the organization and perhaps get promoted or get more interesting, whether they be project assignments or job assignments out of that sponsorship relationship. Do not expect a mentor to also be your sponsor. They are two different types of relationships. So you want to make sure if you're looking for a mentor that you do not have some hidden expectation that they are also going to be your sponsor. I think mentorship relationships are much easier to ask somebody to participate in with you if you're looking for a mentor. I think it's more challenging to ask somebody to be your sponsor. Usually somebody is in that senior position and spots young talent or raw talent. It doesn't have to necessarily be a young person. But that person who is senior in the organization spots that raw talent and says, I'm going to take this person under my wing. I see something in them and I want to make sure others see it too so that they get all the right opportunities in this organization. And that's really what sponsorship looks like. And again, I think that is much more challenging to go out and ask for than mentorship. But it's really important that you make the distinction. A third thing that sometimes gets confused in the mix here is having a coach. So whether that's a business coach, an executive coach, a presentation coach, there's lots of different types of coaches. Do not expect your mentor to also be your coach. A coaching relationship is most often something that has a financial obligation to it, whereas a mentorship relationship does not, a sponsorship relationship does not, but a coach is often somebody that you are going to hire on your own to, or perhaps have your company hire for you to help you get better at a very specific thing. It could be your career path and progression. It could be public speaking. There's just so many different ways that a coaching relationship could go. And a coach is going to help bring out the best of you through the relationship and through a series of conversations. Again, that is not the role of your mentor. Now, sometimes a mentor might give you a bit of coaching on the side, but that is not the primary goal of the relationship. If you need a coach, go ahead and hire yourself a coach or talk with your organization about potentially having a sponsored coach for you. That is when the organization hires the coach for you. We want to make sure you understand that that is different, a coaching relationship from a mentor relationship or from a sponsor relationship. And then just, I will tag on a therapist relationship is different from a coach. You do not go to a coach for therapy. You go to a coach for something very specific that you want to improve upon. You might think about it as a tennis, you know, hiring a tennis coach. If you wanted to get better at your backhand, you might hire a tennis coach and you're going to work specifically on that one thing. You're not also going to tell your tennis coach about every other thing that's wrong with your life. You're just going to work on the backhand. Okay. 
This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So with that clarification about the difference between mentorship, sponsorship, coaching, and therapy out of the way, let's get into types of mentoring and what a really healthy mentoring relationship can look like. Because I really do believe that a healthy, productive, and effective mentoring relationship is mentee-led. That is, the person being mentoring leads the relationship, sets up the meetings, prepares a set of questions, milestones, successes, challenges, and the rest. And I really also do deeply believe that having a healthy mentor can be a real asset to your career. Now, you might be thinking, oh, well, Janelle, I'm too far along in my career to have a mentor. I'm at the peak of my career. I don't need a mentor. Well, in fact, maybe you don't need a mentor, but you might be perfect to be a mentor. You might be at a wonderful place to really give back from the depth of your experience in your role and in your career journey to share that with somebody along the way so that they can learn from your successes as well as from your mistakes. Another way that you might engage in a mentor relationship, though, if you are a senior in your career and well-established in your career, is you might think about having a reverse mentorship relationship. And a reverse mentor is somebody who is often junior to you that you are asking the dumb questions of in an area where you have limited or much less experience than they do. And a great example of this would be social media. In fact, Jack Welch, back in the days when he was leading General Electric, was known for having a reverse mentor who was teaching him things, I mean, as early on as electronic things like email and some rudimentary social media as social media started to become part of the picture. So that is certainly an opportunity, even for people who are at the pinnacle of their career, is to find something that they would like to learn more about that somebody who is more junior to them in their career has a certain depth of experience that they can learn from and have that reverse mentor relationship. All right, now let's get into kind of the nuts and bolts of how would you set up a mentor relationship? How would you find somebody? And I also have one more quick story to tell you about how to not do the finding a mentor process. When I was in that corporate role that I mentioned, I knew that I wanted to start my business as a keynote speaker and trainer. And so I did some looking around the landscape to see who in my geographic area was really at the height of their career doing what I wanted to do. And I found someone. I found someone and I reached out and I wrote an awesome letter, if you will. I actually sent the letter in the mail because I wanted this to get read. I was worried that if I sent an email, it would get overlooked. So I sent a letter and I sent the letter to arrive on 
National Mentoring Day. Well, it got completely ignored. Completely ignored. I didn't have a warm introduction. I was just basically a cold call. So I would say, don't do what I did. Don't just reach out blindly to somebody. Instead, do what I did with Karen. Perhaps you're going to look for an existing program within your company, maybe even within an association that you belong to. You could also look to online communities and your broader network. But let's not do a cold call. So many corporations have a similar program to the one that I described where I had the opportunity to mentor with Karen. So again, you could look for that. I mentioned associations. So for many years, I was very active in a group called Women Entrepreneurs of Minnesota. I was, in fact, the president of that organization for a time. And that program, that association for obviously women entrepreneurs in Minnesota, has a wonderful mentorship program where members who are a bit further along in their entrepreneurial journey take on a mentorship role with entrepreneurs who are less far along in their entrepreneurial journey. And I've served as a mentor in that program a number of times. It's been a very rewarding experience. Another example that I can share with you is a board of directors that I'm on. So the University of Minnesota, which is one of the institutions that I used to be a professor at, uh, not necessarily the one that I had the professor-mentor relationship. That, In fact, it was not at the University of Minnesota. I'll just add that to clear their good name. But I was on the faculty there for a number of years, and I am still connected with my old department there. And I am on uh, their board of directors for their technical communication industry board. And so that program has a mentorship component where students, whether they be undergraduates, master's degree students, or PhD students, can get paired with somebody who is actively engaged in something that they're interested in through their work so that a student and then somebody who is in a corporate or industrial role gets paired with them for a mentorship program. And again, I've been a mentor in that program a number of times. Now, other times you might find yourself in the situation where I was when I was looking for a mentor in the speaking area and I needed to ask someone. So you might find yourself in that situation too. If you do need to ask someone because there isn't a formal process in place, I want to give you some guidelines on how to ask. So number one, be direct and specific. And this should not be a cold call. At least get a warm introduction to the person and have coffee with them or have a short conversation with them just to make sure that you actually like them and that you think it would be valuable to have a mentor relationship with them. So get that out of the way first. And then perhaps in your second or third conversation with them, you're going to be direct and specific. And you're going to say something like, I'm looking for a mentor and based on what I know about you, I think you'd be a perfect fit. I'm looking for someone who, and then you're going to list out your requirements and say how that person fits or fulfills those requirements. Then you're going to share your expectations of what's required. So this is step two, share your expectations of what they would need to do. So for example, we would meet once a month by Zoom. I could imagine this relationship lasting for six months. We're going to meet at a time that's convenient to you. I'm going to bring the agenda. You need to do zero preparation. You just show up and answer my questions and tell me any relevant stories, anecdotes, or lessons that you've learned along your journey. 
as you share those expectations, make it sound easy for them. Make it sound easy and fun and that you're not going to be a burden or just one more thing that they need to do. And then step three, share what they're going to get out of it. Mm, You could say something like, you know, for you, this might be a way to give back or to reflect on your own successes and challenges over the course of your career, or to know that you've contributed to the professional growth of somebody in our field without taking too much of your time. So again, those steps, number one, be direct and specific. Number two, share your expectations of what's required of them. And step three, share what they're going to get out of it. Now, obviously, that's going to be done as a bit more of a dialogue than a diatribe. (laughs) You will have some discussion along the way as you talk through those things. And then they might say yes on the spot, or you might ask them to think about it and get back to you if you're not sure you're going to get a yes right then. And then make a clear plan about how to follow up. You might say, if you'd like to take a few days to think about it, I'd be happy to call you up at the end of the week or drop an email in your inbox first thing next week or something like that. But make a clear plan to follow up so that you don't feel awkward about reaching back out to them. Now, there are a few other considerations I want you to think about as we talk all things mentorship here. First off, if you're in a position to mentor someone, ask around to see if you can find somebody who is looking for a mentor. And I did that, in fact, last year. I was at an awards dinner for keynote speakers and trainers and the like. And so many of the awards at that event that particular year went to men. And I was really frustrated by that. At that event, I happened to meet an emerging female speaker. And as we got introduced to one another and chatted a bit, we had some really good chemistry right off the bat. And that was during the cocktail hour. Then, and this was, I wasn't even thinking about mentorship at this point, but that was during the cocktail hour. And then of course there was the dinner and the awards. And again, I saw all these awards go to so many men. There were, might've been one or two awards to women, but overwhelmingly they went to men. And I, as I looked around the room and I thought about who was there, I thought we really need to be doing a better job of bringing emerging female speakers up through the ranks. And now this is true in so many other professions, not just with female speakers, or women in general, but with people of color. I mean, there's just so many different aspects and angles at which you could look and say, oh, we need to be doing a better job of bringing insert category here (laughs) up through the ranks. But I happen to be thinking about women at that particular juncture. And I thought during the event, I should see if she wants to be, if she needs a mentor. And so after the dinner and the awards were over and people were still milling about and and uh, networking with one another, I went over and in fact asked her, I said, is there any chance that you're looking for a mentor? Because I feel like we do have some chemistry here. And if you were interested in a mentor relationship, I would love to explore what that might look like between us. And sure enough, it's been almost a full year and we've had a wonderful mentor relationship. Let me give you another example. So this other consideration, which I mentioned before, reverse mentorship. So typically, again, this is somebody who is well-established in their career, maybe even somebody who is a mentor to others, but who is looking to learn some new skills or some new knowledge. Maybe they're looking to learn social media or find out more about cryptocurrency. And they might find that someone more junior in their career is very well-versed in whatever that topic is. And then that relationship gets set up as a reverse mentorship. So it is the person who is 
more well-established in their career, learning from someone who is more junior in their career. Um, one more consideration that I want to mention. The person that you men- want to have as your mentor might not be available. So you could ask someone and they might say no. Or you could realize maybe right out of the gate, gosh, I don't have a warm introduction to this person. I don't have a good way to get to know them, to ask them to be my mentor. Or again, maybe you've asked them and they just said no. I mean, a lot of times people who are at the height of their career are too busy to take on one more thing, especially if they have families and are engaged in civic organizations or professional associations and the like. Sometimes you're just going to get a no. Don't take that personally. It's probably just that they have too much going on right now to take that additional responsibility on. So if your person is not available, here are a couple of other ideas. You could study them from a distance, almost thinking of them as a public figure, even if they're not. You could follow them on social media, especially LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, look at their career history, look at the things that they've done along their career journey, and think about what you can learn from that. And if you've taken those same steps yourself, or if there's something to learn from the path that they've followed. Likewise, on social media, you can comment on their posts. You can read books that maybe they recommend on social media. Um, Just follow up on any resources that they might be talking about. You can learn a whole lot from studying the success of others, even if it's not in that formal mentor relationship. But just a quick word of caution here. Remember, this is a professional endeavor, so don't stalk them or... (laughs) Uh, overstep your reach on social media when you're doing this. Again, you want to really make this from afar as if you were studying a public figure. Let me leave you with a couple of success stories as we wrap up. First of all, you already heard about Karen and I. That was a huge success for me to learn about corporate finance. And Karen, if you're listening, I still know what EBITDA means. Thanks to you earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, as well as a whole host of other things related to corporate finance. And I have to tell you, it helped me then when I was in a corporate role because I really needed to understand how money moved around inside of a corporation. It also helps me now. I have benefited tremendously as a business owner in knowing how my own corporate finance works. The second success I want to mention is through that technical communication advisory board that I mentioned that I am on at the University of Minnesota. And I have been a mentor to a handful of students in that program over the years. And one that comes to mind, any of my former mentees, if you're listening, I loved you all. It was great being with all of you. But there was one in particular that does in fact stand out. I was mentoring a former stay-at-home dad as he journeyed back into the workforce as he was working on his master's degree. And that was really, really interesting to see because it's quite frankly, more of an unusual situation than you, than I have, have mentored in before. So that was just, again, very rewarding. And then, of course, my current situation, it's been very rewarding to mentor that emerging female speaker and look at all of the ways that she's putting herself out there and giving her advice and ideas on places where she might speak and how she might grow her speaking business. And in fact, later this week, we are both going to be at that very same awards dinner where we met for the first time last year. And I do hope, as an aside, that there are more awards bestowed upon women this year at that event. 
So there you have my take on mentoring and why I think it is so important for your career. Now, if this podcast has been helpful to you, please be so kind as to repay the favor to me. Please take a few seconds to go to the platform where you're listening to this podcast and give me a five-star review and just write a sentence or two about what you like about the Working Conversations podcast. I sincerely appreciate it. Until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.